0: Hey, Adam Smolcombe here, lead pastor of Vive Church. Welcome to our podcast. I pray that God will speak to you through the message today and that a greater level of faith would be unlocked in your life. God bless. Ephesians chapter two. I wanna read from verse four. Says this, but God. (laughs) Being rich in mercy For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God not a result of works so that no one may boast verse 10 for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them we have an epic passage of scripture for us tonight not only to wrap up the new up the year but launch us into the new year and I want to unpack this specifically, verse 10. I want to unpack this passage tonight with a message I'm entitling, I wish you would. I wish you would. Are you ready for the Word of God? I'm asking, is your spirit ready for the Word of God tonight? I hope it is. Come on, would you quickly find four or five people around you? Tell them, I wish you would. Go, Go real quick, I wish you would. I wish you would hug me. I wish you would sit next to me. I wish you would dance with me at the after party. I wish you would. Hey, quick question. Deeply spiritual. How many people put together a 2022 recap? post for their social media this year? Anybody get busy on their social media? Yeah, put your hand up, be proud of it. You put, a, you put some time into it. You put a, a 2022 recap, maybe post series of photos or a video. How many people went just like a number of photos? You just post a series of photos, lazy. How many people went to the effort of putting a video together? Like you compiled, yeah, like a little, like a little reel, like a little video, that's what I did. That's what I did. I spent time on this thing. A couple days, we, we had a little break in there and we had a couple of what we call slouch days in our house. We had four slouch days in a row. It was heaven for my girls. They love slouch days. Slouch days, pretty much you slouch, man. You just, whatever you wanna do, just do it. Just hang out. You can stay in your pyjamas all day. You can go to the movies in your pyjamas if you want. We just slouch. But I was productive in the slouch days. I put a little... Reel together. Yes, it took me four days. (laughs) I didn't have my team for this one. They're on their break. And so I thought I'd get in the midst of it myself. And I was editing. Video editing. I did ask my daughter on how to do it. I've reached that age now. But I did it myself. And it was epic. I even put this epic country song to it just to give it some emotional feel. And it was epic. I loved it. I watched it back like a hundred (laughs) times. Just reflected, but it took some time. Like it took some time to to get all the, the moments, the moments throughout the year that articulate the year that we had. It's hard. It's hard to find the right clip that says the right moment and speaks to the epicness, the highs and the lows, the the moments that kind of give you a snapshot or a picture of the year. That's hard. For those that do social media for a living, this is hard. I thought you were lazy. No, you work. It it, It was hard. But I'm wondering, instead of looking back tonight, I could ask, what are you looking forward to? Maybe I could phrase it this way. What are you wishing for? I know that's a strange way to word it. We don't usually ask people what they're wishing for unless it's a birthday cake and they're blowing out the candles. We like to ask what you're hoping for in the new year. But, but it works for my title. So, so what are you wishing for? What are you wishing for in the new year? Are you wishing for a spouse? Tonight could be your night. Why wait till next year? Wishing for a spouse? Wishing for a house? More responses for the house than the spouse. And that was from the single folk. Maybe you're hoping for some innovation to the travel industry. Anybody try to fly over the last week? Lord. Well, i got good news for you tonight because you're in a, you found yourself in a passage of Scripture where the Apostle Paul is actually presenting some things he's wishing for the church. I don't know if it was New Year's Eve when he was writing this passage to the Ephesian church, but regardless of the timing when he scribed this, he's actually wishing some things for the church. He's hoping that they would understand that as the church, we are God's workmanship. In fact, more than anything else, what you will find of most importance to the Apostle Paul was for the believers to have a firm understanding of identity. I'm gonna need your help preaching back to me tonight. My voice is spent already. I got way too excited praying and casting out demons tonight that my voice is hoarse. So I need you to get real rowdy with me tonight. Don't make me shout at you. But this is what we have. We have the Apostle Paul, who's wishing that the church would know who they are in Christ Jesus. And what we find him do is he, he selects some choice words. Like, like, like a master poet, what he does is he crafts his sentences so eloquently and there are some specific words he uses that the church should know. And he uses this word workmanship. Workmanship a theme that surfaces throughout his epistles in a variety of ways. But here, specifically in Ephesians, he spells it out plainly informing them that they are none other than God's workmanship. Don't get me wrong. Paul is not simply attempting to build up their self-esteem as the church as they face persecution out in the world. He's actually revealing something essential for the church to understand, which is that as the people of God, We are wholly the result of God's creative, redemptive and sanctifying work and we belong solely to Him. That's what Paul's saying. (laughs) And this word workmanship, it was specifically chosen to put more emphasis on God in the equation of our destiny than us. (laughs) Tonight, are you gonna go with me tonight? You're gonna be attentive. I'm trying to get us ready for the new series. I'm, I'm using this as a preview tonight. That's what this service, I'm treating this as a preview, like a bonus track before the, the whole album comes out in the new year, this whole Free Destin album. Man, you, know, you, you are not gonna wanna miss one week. That's right. That's right. What a great New Year's resolution. Every Sunday, I'm here in church. How many people are with me? I'm, yeah. All right, I love it. Yeah. We got cameras for those who didn't put their hand up. But I'm trying to get you ready for the series. I'm trying to use as a preview tonight. I'm gonna be talking about some heavy stuff over this series. We ain't going in light in 2023. We're going in deep. We're going from the start. We're going all the way in. And what Paul wants us to know is that when it comes to you being his workmanship, he's, he's talking about your destiny. He's coming from the place of sovereignty. He's coming from the place where he wants you to understand that God has a plan. I don't know if you want to know about the plan of God. You want to get to the s'mores and I'm not just talking about some nice plans or some mysterious I'm talking about the very purpose of heaven of your life. The subject, the free destined, describes the tension between God's sovereignty and our free will. However, from the very start, I need to make sure I balance this right. Because when it comes to the purpose and the plan of God for our life, while we very much do get some decision-making ability, God is very much the designer. In fact, several times throughout Scripture, what you're going to find is this passage The the apostle repeats the phrase in Christ Jesus as a reminder that everything that we have from salvation to His favour, to forgiveness, to our future belongs to Jesus. It's because of Jesus. It's in Christ Jesus. Everything we have has its end and beginning in Jesus. And together as the believers, we are His workmanship. Now, Now I mentioned that Paul selects this specific word to use here that translates into workmanship, the Greek word that he uses, poiema, which literally is the word from which we get poem. In the same way that a poem creatively reveals the the, the poetic mind of the poet, workmanship doesn't just reveal the product of creation, but also refers to the degree of skill that was gone in to the creation. Poema. Poema, only used two times in scripture here and in Romans. Poema. Referring, referring to the specific design of God for his people. Referring to the specific calling of God. Referring to the attributes of who you are in relation to God, that you are his workmanship. And that your very trait reflects God. That your personality was, was chosen precisely by God. That God artfully and for some of you creatively designed you. <laughs> you missed it. In other words, the, the word workmanship places an emphasis on the Creator, not just the creation. Some versions of Bibles, some translations use words like masterpiece in this passage or handiwork in this passage, which to me stray from the idea that Paul is trying to convey. Because while the word masterpiece is good, it could actually make you think that you're finished. (laughs) Whereas workmanship reveals he's still working. (laughs) He's still working. He's, He's still shaping. He's He's still working some things together in your life. And in fact, if you're wondering why last year held so much adversity, you're simply missing the way God works. You see, God's sculpting tools in your life are things like adversity, relationships, his Word and the miraculous. God will use these things in varying degrees and at varied times, sometimes simultaneously to shape you into the person that He has purposed and planned you to be because you're His handiwork. His handiwork. To, to be His handiwork means His hand is on your life, working every situation together for a purpose that He designed from the beginning to the end. And if His hand's on your life, it's going to work for you. Let me get over here. If His hand is on your life, meaning that you are saved, sanctified, redeemed, walking with God in relationship with Him, that means His hand is on your life. So therefore, whatever you go through in life, be it adversity, uh, be it a relationship, be it a situation that is unexpected, if His hand is on your life, God can put that thing to work for your good. That's what it means. That's what it means. Romans eight twenty eight. We know this. It says, and we know for that for those who love God, whose hands on their life, God, God all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. Actually, I can't preach that passage yet. That's our series verse. I, I can't, I can't preach that yet. But, but, but this is the way that he works. This is the way God works. If His hand is on your life, then every situation that comes into your life, He can work it. He can work it. I'm trying to get some amens up in the rises tonight. <laughs> he, he can, he can, he can work it for your, for your. Good, he, he's working through the adversity to strengthen you as we endure. He's working through relationships, helping us to become selfless. He's working through his word as we renew our minds. He's working through miraculous intervention, revealing his power at work. With a high degree of skill, God is working all things together. It's handiwork, handiwork. That's why we're his Workmanship. Workmanship that God's working in our life, and you reflect the Creator. Not only does this put value on us, it more importantly reveals purpose for us. You see, the apostle goes on to say this, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Hold up. Which God Prepared beforehand that we should walk in. Let me ask Do you believe in destiny? That's a great question for New Year's Eve. If you're a single man tonight, I wish you would find a single woman. And on the stroke of midnight, be close enough to whisper do you believe in destiny? I wish you would. I I wish you would. (laughs) It's better than what you've been working because you're still single, I'm telling you. But do you believe in destiny? Because the Bible certainly does. In fact, this is what Paul is illuminating, that God's got a plan that He's working with. And the reason you need to know this is so that no one can convince you that you are merely a result of a random cosmic collision or some celestial surprise. That's not God's plan. No, God had a plan that He prepared beforehand. (laughs) Essentially, this speaks to the sovereignty of God that before the beginning of the world, God had a, a plan, what we call a predestined plan. For some people, this might make you nervous. For some people, this might make you afraid. For some people, this may even make you feel claustrophobic because you are such a free spirit that you can't handle the fact that you are walking a pre-planned path. For some of you, there is certain security the knowledge that not everything is just random, that God has a plan that even when you make mistakes, He has a plan to reroute you back to the plan. There may be a delay because you walked off track. However, God has a way of getting you back. Whichever camp you sit in tonight, I don't care. Because I'm gonna preach the Bible to you. I don't care what your upbringing brought you to. I don't care what your proclivities lean you towards. I don't care what your your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions want your life to look like. I'm gonna preach the unadulterated Word of God to you tonight. And when it comes to God's Word, He predestined some things. He predestined some things. In fact, right at the beginning of this letter, Paul makes this an emphatic approach. Right at the beginning of Ephesians in chapter one, verse three, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, According to the purpose of his will, Did you see that he, he predestined us for what for adoption let me let me, let me paraphrase it for you god 's plan starts with him choosing you now, now I know that for one of the camps that 's a really tough thought because you thought you chose God and you did to a degree, but that was because God first chose you. This is what we see Jesus reveal when so the disciples in John 15, 16, He said, You do not choose Me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should bide so that whatever you ask in the Father in My name, He may give it to you. Jesus wants to make it clear, you didn't choose Me, I chose you. I'm the chooser. That's what Jesus wants you to know. I know you thought you chose because when the pastor preached and said, anybody wanna receive Jesus, come to the front? You say, I I choose to come. That's merely a response because before that moment, you were dead in your trespasses. A dead person can't do anything, but God brings you back to life and He chose you and He resurrected you and He set you free from prison so that you could even have the breath to choose to respond to God. That's what Paul establishes in Ephesians. Now, one of the most difficult things to get your mind around is what? is why did God choose me? If God did the choosing, and, and Paul establishes it wasn't based on anything we did because we were dead in our trespasses. Before we could do any choosing, God did the choosing. So one of the complex questions to get our head around is, why did God choose me? And people agree that's a tough question to answer. Like if it had nothing to do, like, When the Bible talks about God chose Abraham, it wasn't because Abraham was specifically special. It wasn't because Abraham had any any, any outstanding attributes. In fact, the Bible says that Abraham was so plain and there was actually nothing going for him that if anything, he had nothing going for him. So that's why God chose him. (laughs) So why does God choose the people He chooses? Why? Why? I don't know. I don't. The Bible doesn't tell us why. And if you stay stuck in asking why, you're gonna miss a more important question, which is what? Who beat me? Who beat me there? (laughs) Instead of approaching God's choosing from why, a better question to ask is what? What was I chosen for? See, this will liberate you in a way that gets people stuck asking why when you actually switch to saying God, what? What is it that you called me to do? What is it that you plucked me out of obscurity and out of death and out of my trespasses and out of my sin and out of my bondage? What is it that you set me on a new path for? This will empower you with a new lens in the new year to approach it with a fervency, to not sit back wondering when things are gonna come into your lap, when God's gonna open the doors for you to walk through, but to give you the tenacity to go after everything God has for you because you know exactly what He's called you to do. Are you still preaching back at me tonight? The reason this is a better question is because Scripture gives us the answer. (laughs) Literally, it's right here, verse 10. Paul says, for we are His workmanship creating, Christ Jesus for good works. It's right there. Can we put it up on the screen for the people who don't have a Bible tonight? Can we do that real quick? Can we put verse 10 back up of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10? Can we get that back up? There we go. For His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. What are we chosen for? For Good works. What are we chosen for? For good good works. works. Happy New Year. (laughs) Save the best messages for the end of the year. For good works. Now I know what you're asking. Because some of you are thinking, but we're not saved by works. Verse nine, in fact, let's read it. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Exactly. We're not saved by good works, we're saved for good works. So good. So good, this is an this is important distinction for every believer to get right in their spirit. If you're gonna step into a new year as a, a safe, sanctified, redeemed person of God, you need to know the delineation between by and for. You really need to understand this and get this right into your theological understanding that no, we are not saved by good works, but yes, we are saved for good works. Every year we set a word for the year. I don't know if you do this. Anybody got this fad going on in their life where you set a word for the year and it's a word that will frame what you believe prophetically God is endeavouring you to undertake that will achieve His purpose in your life. There's a little bit of pressure around this word. Don't just go and pick a a lame word. Don't just go and pick a word just because you saw it on Pinterest. You've got to pick a word that really you feel is directly from God. And this year, you might be surprised by my word, which inadvertently is also the word for the church. So I'm sorry about that. But it's surprising because it's a word that you can be taken pretty much two different ways. On one level, it's a verb. And at the same time, it's a two-word determination. You see, my word, or should I say our word, for 2023 is outwork. Outwork. It's almost made up. Outwork. On one level, it refers to the process by which something is carried out, accomplished, or put to work. And on another level, it means to outwork others. (laughs) That we're going to work harder than the devil. Don't get me wrong, the devil's working hard. He's got a mission, but guess what? We're going to outwork him. (laughs) Oh man, four people. Vox Gen, love it. Vox Gen are ready to get their work on in 2023. The rest of the church are still a little outworked from this year. And break hasn't been long enough for you. But I'm trying to get you prophetically ready for what God has for you that it's time to outwork anybody who's trying to outwork you. But God wants you to outwork your gifts this year. God wants you to outwork your salvation this year. God God wants you to outwork your faith this year. That God has put some things in you that you could outwork them in the world, that you could outwork them. They're not meant to stay in you. He puts them in you so that they would come out of you and begin to affect the people around you. That's why we need to put some things to work. Thank you, Tim. It's important. It's so important because a lot of modern Christians seem Allergic to the idea of work. <laughs> Almost afraid of adopting a works mentality. Ephesians 9, saved by grace, not by works, Pastor. And while they're absolutely correct that works do not justify, they need to realize that the justified person works. Some believers are way too passive in their approach to God and they wonder why they don't see God working in their life. Because you're like, God, I'm, I'm working here. See, God, I'm not, I'm not lifting the finger. It's not by works. Don't be a fool. You're not working to earn it, you've already got it, so now put it to work. Help me preach. Help me preach. You're not working for something. If you've been chosen, called by God, saved, sanctified, redeemed, guess what? you got some stuff to put the work in your life. You don't sit back saying, oh, it's not by works, so I'll wait for God to do it. You know, God's gonna make a way where there is no way. He already made the way, now walk in it. <laughs> <laughs> begin to... Begin to I'm trying to get some tenacity in the people of God for the new year. I'm trying to get people off the couch and into the game. I'm trying to get people to the front line of the battle, not at the back line, sitting back, waiting for God to speak another word on top of the 10 words that He already spoke over your life to say, give me another dimension to the Word, God. I don't quite get it yet. I need to get it through your head that God's put some things in you to put to work, to, to, to activate. To, I don't want this to be the final swan song. I want this to be an activation night tonight. I want us to get moving, get get, get activated, get tenacious for the things of God, to not do another year wondering if God's gonna work. But to get to the end of the year, say, I saw God work because I put some things to work. I outworked what God had for me. I outworked it, I outworked it. Passive, 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 wondering what God... Why do not see God doing what other people see God doing? This is essentially what Titus is expressing in Titus chapter 2, verse 14. He says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people zealous for good works. Sounds like vibe to me. Like even the Bible calls real Christians peculiar. Titus 2.14 literally talks about God is looking for, 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 for a peculiar people. Like a really strange breed of Christian who are actually zealous for good works. Like, like He's out of all the people on the planet, the, even, the, even the Christians that are like, oh, I'm not by works. God's like, ah, I'm looking for the ones who, who are zealous for good works. The peculiar ones, yeah. the strange ones. The ones who haven't just resigned to the fact that I'm going to heaven, I'm good, I'm safe. No, the ones that are like, while I'm here on earth, watch me bring heaven to earth. I'm not waiting to get to heaven. I'm looking to put some things to work. I'm looking to awaken people to the reality of Jesus and bring heaven here. I'm not waiting to get from here to there. I need there to get here because there are people that need the the peculiar ones. The peculiar, how many peculiar ones do we have in here? How many peculiar ones that just might get a new resolve on the inside of them that they could get zealous for good works? That's what marks the peculiar ones. The ones who are zealous for good works. I love that description. Now now what we need to work out is what are these good works? That's, That's important. It's okay to be peculiar, but but what are the good works that we're meant to be zealous for? Is it feeding the poor? Is it returning the shopping cart? Is it recycling? Sure. But more than that, good works speak of God's sovereign plan. Write that down. I'm giving you space. I'm breathing. Good works speak to God's sovereign plan. Let me paraphrase Titus 2.14. God's looking for the peculiar people who will follow His sovereign plan. In fact, you should see this. This is the tension that Paul is presenting in his passage and essentially the tension within our salvation that God in His sovereignty has a plan. We establish that it's a prepared plan. However, while it's God's plan we also have a part to play come back to verse 10 with me again because after reading this and that's my cue for the media team to put verse 10 back up on the screen (laughs) after reading this probably a thousand times there's actually a word that I missed it says for we are his workmanship pretty decisive created in Christ Jesus Four good works, that's emphatic, which God prepared beforehand, no mystery, that we should walk in them. You see that? You see that should? It doesn't seem to fit. It doesn't seem to fit in a passage that's so emphatic and so decisive and so definitive. Talking about all the things God did and what God has done and who you are that you should. There's one word that in the sovereignty of God and His plan for our life that has been prepared from the beginning of time and orchestrated and curated specifically for you, that He has shaped you, that He is forming you, that you use workmanship, that He's using your adversity. He's shaping you through His Word. He's taking the relationships that you're in. He's working His miracles to, to form you into the plan that He has for you, that you should That you should. You see, we've got a sovereign articulation and yet in there one word that reveals our free will. Right. Right, wow. That God has this plan. It's a plan that He prepared at the beginning of time. At the same time, He planned the resurrection and the same time He he had planned the ascension and all the the disciples, the fish, all the miracles. He At the same time, He planned your life that you should. And put all that sovereignty into this moment of free will (laughs) that God said, here it is. I got this great plan, it's amazing. I pre-planned it. I spent time on it. You thought you spent time on your recap. I spent time on your life. (laughs) That you should, you should, if you could. 2023 will mark 21 years of marriage for Kira and I. So 21 years and a couple years before that, in fact, about a year before that, we got engaged and exactly 12 months before our engagement, we started dating. I remember it. We were were friends for like three years before we started dating. I don't know if you can interpret what that means, but we weren't, I wasn't just in the friend zone. I was in the best friend zone. That's deep. (laughs) That's so deep. Most people never make it out of that zone. I'm a survivor. This is my story. I worked my angle. We were kids, that's why. (laughs) But I remember after three years of being best friends, I had to make my move. I remember this one night, she got back from a mission trip and she'd tell me all the story, I couldn't care. (laughs) Whatever. She'd just been in China, they'd smuggled barbels in, they're baptising people or something like that, I didn't care. Her lips were moving, I'd never seen them like that before. It was mesmerising. And all I could think of is how much I wanted to kiss her. It's after 9.30. (laughs) It's all I could think about. It's going through, how do I shut her up from her miracle stories? (laughs) And it must have been the look on my face because she said, what are you thinking about? The weather. No, No, she literally asked me, What are you thinking? I thought this is my moment. Man up. So I said, thinking about kissing you. She said a sentence I'll never forget. She said, I wish you would. It was an invitation. Now I know it's not the same context, but Paul is revealing to us. Come on, stay with me. God. God's revealing to us. Sorry, Paul's revealing to us God's sovereign plan. The plan that, where's my verse, put it back up. Go on rogue. He's revealing to us this sovereign plan that we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good work, which God prepared before Him. Do you, do you feel the gravity of what Paul is emphasising here? That the sovereign God of the universe planned your life. He ordered your steps. He mapped them and shaped them and He accounted for every possible alternative along the way. In His magnanimous imagination, He even coupled you with a partner for life to walk side by side and achieve even greater things. The majesty of His planning and the bigness of His sovereignty, a purpose that we should walk in. Now don't be confused by the should. What Paul is essentially saying is he's extending an invitation on behalf of God and to His plan for your life. He's not just saying should mysteriously. What he's saying is, I wish you would. Right, right. He's saying, here's my plan, I, I wish you would. I've got a great purpose for your life and, and, and it's magnanimous and I've planned it and, and it's all here, but I've given you free will, but I wish you would choose it. I wish you would wake up to some things. I wish you would realise that God has this for you, but if you would just step, if you would just get off your laurels, if you would get off waiting, and you would get active, I wish you would. I wish you would. I wish you would. <laughs> In 2023, I wish you would step into a new level of faith. In 2023, I wish you would get serious about your calling. In 2023, I wish you would begin to outwork your gifts in a greater measure than ever before. In 2023, I wish you would take some risks for the Kingdom of God. In 2023, I wish you would press just a little bit. In 2023, I I wish you would move a few rows closer like Bill and Ann Hughes, freaking me out sitting so close. I wish you would. I wish you would press a little bit. I wish you would get a new resolve for a new year. to to say, God, I'm not not doing it the same. God, I'm gonna do it different. I'm gonna press in with more fervency. I wish you would. This should isn't a should, it's I wish you would. There is an emphasis to what Paul's writing. He's not just saying, hey, here's the plan of God. But you've got free will, take it or leave it. It's like when Jesus said, you have life and death. Choose life. But it's your choice. But this is the one to choose. You see, this is how our free will works in God's sovereignty. It's far weighted in God's camp. Don't get me wrong. God planned it, God, God, God planned all the, all, the, all the obscure moments, the, the things, and he, He's done it all in the, in, the, in the annals of time. He's planned it all together and He's orchestrated it, but now He gives it to you that you would. Paul adequately writes should because that's what our free will has the option of, but it leans towards would you? Like an invitation, would you? Would you realise that you are God's workmanship? Would you realise you're created for good works? Would you realise that God has a plan that if you would just wake up to the reality of Jesus and step into it, you wouldn't focus and worry about the things that have consumed your mind in 2022 and you would walk liberated and free in 2023 because you understand that I'm on mission for God. Oh, I wish you would. I wish you would get an appetite for revival. Oh, I wish you would get a hunger for the things of God in your family. I wish you would exercise the authority that God has put in your hands. Oh, I wish you would begin to praise Him in advance for all the things that He's got for you that you're gonna walk into. I wish you would. I wish you would. It's what Paul's trying to say. I wish you would. Ain't a should. It's more of a wish you would. I want you to stand to your feet. I would to shut this down before midnight. Stand to your feet all across this place. Before we close out this year, there's some things we need to get right with God. There are some habits and some patterns that have permeated our life in the year that we have been in that don't deserve to get a new year. That don't deserve to get a fresh start. You deserve a fresh start, but those things don't have to be drug into the new year with you. You get to step in free. And I wish you would. I wish you would leave some stuff I wish you would resign some stuff to the old life and take the opportunity of a new year to step into a new life in Christ Jesus. I wish you would allow yourself a fresh start tonight. I wish you would allow yourself to step into a freedom tonight. I wish you would. I'm aligning with the Apostle and with God tonight and imploring you, I wish you would. I wish you would choose it. I wish you would receive it. I want everyone to do something. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes right across this place because I need to create a moment between you and God. A moment where you allow God to speak to you with the invitation of heaven and your free will at your disposal. I wish you would understand that God's beckoning. He's calling. He's choosing. Will you receive Him tonight? Hey, I hope you were blessed by that message. We release new content every single week here at Vibe Church. And so if you don't want to miss any of it, I would encourage you go ahead and subscribe. Also visit our website, vibechurch.org to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the life of Vive Church. God bless you.